I'm excited about this series we've been in for the last few weeks talking about Hezekiah. This message series has been called You've Got This. The first week we talked about how if you start with God, go to God, then you've got this. You try to do it on your own, you don't got this, right? And then last week we talked about how we have to tear down those idols in our lives as well as the, the images that we try to portray instead and just live the life God calls to do and not be caught up on all that. And today I want to talk about something that I think we can all relate to. And that is, what do you do when you're under attack? Well, maybe you've had a tough week. Maybe you've got a big problem you're facing, a situation you're dealing with. This message is for you today. By the end of the message, I pray that you have a stronger resolve than ever. The end of this message, we want you to know that you've got this. Whatever you're facing, whatever crisis or problem you're dealing with, God is saying, I'm with you and you've got this. And so let's look at some scripture today. You guys ready? Because I'm ready to dive right in. Here we go. When you're under attack, you've got this. You know, there's a song that says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, that can be true, but it can also make you a lot weaker, depends upon how you deal with it. And so it's not a guarantee that whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You have to work with it. And so as we talk today, maybe you're dealing with something that's very real. Maybe it's a legal battle, a health battle, an emotional battle. Maybe you feel like you're under attack at work or maybe something in your family has gone terribly wrong and you're just are frustrated. God has got you. And I pray that God wants you. Maybe God brought you today just to hear this because you knew you needed this today. So I believe God gave me this word for you today. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 32. This is right after Hezekiah and the people of Israel have gotten themselves right with God. They've reinstituted the Passover. They've opened up the temple. They basically got their life right with God. And rise of that, what happens? Something wonderful? Nope, they get attacked. And I think we need to recognize that that can happen to all of us as well. Check it out. After Hezekiah had faithfully carried out this work, King Sennacherib of Assyria invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified towns, giving orders for his army to break through their walls. That means right after Hezekiah is busy doing the right thing, he gets attacked. And I think this is important for us to remember this. Please write this down. Sometimes you get attacked and you're doing everything right. It can still happen. I think we have this belief that's like, well, but if I'm following God, then I won't have any problems. If I'll just trust in the Lord, then there will be no difficulties. But that's simply not the case. Jesus never said that when you follow him, he'll do away with all your problems. He said he'd be with you in the middle of your problems to help you get through them. In fact, this is what he says in John 16, verse 33. He says, I told you these things so that you can have peace in me. In this world, you will have trouble, but be brave. I have defeated the world. So he basically says your peace is not going to be the fact you don't have problems. Your peace is that God is with you. You're not alone in the battle you are dealing with. I was thinking about problems today. And, and as I thought about, since I'm talking about this today, I thought, but here's a few things that problems will do for you. Here's some strengths and good news about your problems. Problems often provide us with great opportunities. Many times our greatest opportunities are, are wrapped or packaged in a problem. Problems can promote your spiritual maturity. Problems can prove your integrity over time. Problems produce a sense of dependence on God. Problems prepare your heart for ministry. Problems give us a reason to fight for what is right. Problems promote us because people watch and see how we handle them. Problems create a greater resolve and problems make us more like Christ. Isn't that true? And so your problems, I don't believe God has allowed those into your life to hurt you 
but to strengthen you. And just, just case in point, I just want to list off some well-known Christians and some of the problems that they've dealt with. None of this, I'm not outing anyone. These are all things that are kind of well-known that they've even talked about. Did you know Joyce Meyer, a very famous teacher and evangelist, uh, her personal bodyguard, the guy she trusted the most other than her own family, actually ended up being a murderer. He killed his whole family. He just decided one day he didn't want to be married, and so he murdered his wife. This is the person she trusted with her life. And so you can imagine what that did to her trust. Oswald Chambers, a very famous author, he had a bad marriage his whole life. He struggled with his marriage daily. And I wonder if it was out of that difficulty that some of his great, very vulnerable writing came from, you know. Erwin um, McManus, a preacher out of California, well known for his, his books. He decided to start a business on the side with his best friend, a fashion business. His best friend then stole all his money. And so just imagine that you, your entire retirement gone in an instant, right? So he's rebuilding. Billy Graham famously would get up and preach uh, these, these massive crusades, and he would have different preachers and people on the back, uh, right behind him, sitting in these seats. And his son would be sitting behind him. His 18-year-old son, Franklin, would be sitting there drunk and high while his dad was preaching. You can imagine the difficulty that must have been for him knowing his son was not walking with God. Now he's on a platform, which has got to be pretty embarrassing because I'm sure it was not that, uh, I'm sure it was obvious to people that Franklin Graham was high and drunk, and yet Billy would continue to preach the gospel week in and week out. The good news, by the way, is that now Franklin Graham, um, he changed his life, and now he runs the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in his father's name. And so God can change the situation, right? And so how about Lisa Turker? She's a very fa famous writer, uh, great minister. She, she ministers to people all over the world. Well, she has very publicly gone through a huge divorce. She's in the middle of it now uh, because her husband repeatedly cheated on her. Even when they renewed their vows and she thought things were being turned around, he was cheating on her then. So all this is going on in her life. What I'm trying to say, these are some of the, the spiritual giants in our world today, and they have had and have massive problems. So please do not think you're going to be exempt. Like, oh, if I just follow the Lord, I'll have no difficulties. That's just simply not true. God does not promise to remove your difficulties. He promises to be with you, to strengthen you through your difficulties. You are not going through this alone. You've got this. You do. You're going to get through it. You know, sometimes winters are rough. Some people freeze in the winter. Other people ski. You have to make a decision. Are you going to let your problems freeze you out? Or are you going to get on top of them and have some fun? You have to make a decision about what you're going to be and how you're going to operate in difficulty. So what did Hezekiah do when he was under attack? Let's just look at this. Let's, let's look at what he did. Let's break it down. When Hezekiah realized that Sennacherib also intended to attack Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military advisors, and they decided to stop the flow of the springs outside the city. So the city was built around water, built around the springs, much like many of our cities are built around water. And so they had these springs, and so they built all around them. Well, the springs would flow outside the city, and he was like, we need to cut that off if our enemy's coming. Verse 4, they organized a huge work crew to stop the flow of the springs, cutting off the brook they ran, that ran to the fields. For they said, why should the king of Assyria come here and find plenty of water? So the, the, the next thing I want you to know about this, about your problem, if something or someone is hurting you, don't feed it. This is a huge thing. Don't feed your enemies. I mean, don't, don't, don't help them out. Don't feed. If you have a problem, quit feeding it. If you are struggling with drug addiction, it's time to cut off your source, right? 
don't feed it. You know, last week we talked about images. You know, if you're struggling with looking at certain images, you know, cut off the source. If you have a, a friendship that's hurting you, someone who's really bringing you down, cut that source off. If you have a family member, you can't really cut that off, but you can limit it. You don't have to hang out with them as much, right? And so I want to encourage you to cut off the source of what is hurting you. If you'll do that, it will make your life a lot easier. I promise you that. Now I'm going to give you a little quiz. You ready for the quiz? Here's your quiz. If you are in a room with three monkeys, one is holding a banana, one's holding a book, and one's holding a pencil, who is the smartest primate in the room? You are. <laughs> so quit asking monkeys for help and instead recognize God gave you a good brain. Use your brain. I think sometimes we over-spiritualize things and God is saying, I gave you a good mind, solve your own problem. And so, but we lack faith and we get so beat down, we think, oh, I can't do anything when, that, when you can do something about this. You know, the reason why many of us have not had that miracle come through that we keep praying for is because God doesn't do what you can do. So if you can solve your own problem, he's not going to come through with a miracle. He's going to say, use the miracle of the mind I gave you to figure it out. Does that make sense? And so you can, you can do this. You can overcome this. So I just want to encourage you to use the good mind God gave you. Now, here's the thing. This is where I want to get really practical. There are three things that, that we see that um, after cutting off the source, that's huge. There are three things that we see that Hezekiah does to strengthen up uh, his city and the country where he lived and where he ruled uh, so that he, they could take the attack. Three things. Here they are. Ready? These are three things. These are the three upsides of an attack. There are three positive things that can happen in your life. If you will choose to go with it, you can strengthen your life. So out of necessity, the first is you can increase your capacity. Out of, this, out of necessity. It says, And Hezekiah worked hard at repairing all the broken down sections of the wall, and he erected towers. Why towers? Because the taller you get, the further you can see. So you can see where the enemy's at, right? And so you can increase your capacity. You know, when we ask God to remove our problems, it doesn't increase our capacity, it limits our capacity. Here's what I mean. Uh, this is very common now. People say, they go to their boss and they're like, man, I just, I gotta go home. I'm just, I'm too worn down. I got a lot going on. I can't take it today. Why are you doing that? You're not increasing your capacity. Instead, go to work and do your job while you have a problem. Guess what happens? You're increasing your capacity. So if you're having a really bad time in your family, get to work and do your job. Right? Because now you're dealing with a problem as well as regular life. But don't do the whole, I just can't adult today. No, that's ridiculous. That sounds all cute and funny on Instagram. It's a terrible way to live your life. Instead, learn to deal with your problem while you're also doing your job. If you're having a hard time uh, raising your kids, you're dealing with difficulties with them, still do your job. If, you, if you're frustrating your marriage, still mow the lawn. What I'm saying is that while you have a problem, you have to learn to still function in life because a problem plus your regular duties increases your capacity. And so instead of saying, I'm not going to quit on life, I'm not going to quit going to school because I had a bad week, I had a really rough time at home, so I'm just not going to, I'm going to kind of mail it in the office today. No, you're not. You're going to do your job. You're going to increase your capacity. You can handle the problem as well as handling what you do every single day. That's what increased capacity looks like. Does that make sense? I don't preach when I feel like it. I preach because it's Sunday. Make sense? Do your job. Luckily, most of the time I do feel like it. But even if I don't, I'm going to bring the word of God either way. And so I want to have an increased capacity. Guys, you can go as far as the pain you can tolerate. Let me say that again. You can go as far in life as the pain you can tolerate. And so but you have to have an increased capacity to be able to go further. The next thing he did, 
uh, learn to create bigger boundaries that protect you against more battles in the future. It says here in verse five, and they constructed a second wall outside the first. He also reinforced the supporting terraces in the city of David and manufactured large numbers of weapons and shields. And so he created more boundaries. You know, when the, when the Great Wall of China went up, they, they, they put it up to, to, to fend off enemies. I think it was the Mongols that were first attacking them. But guess what? That wall's been up for hundreds of years, and so it's, it's helped fend off a lot of enemies. So once you put a boundary up, it's there for life. It's there to protect you beyond that. Maybe early on in your marriage, um, you, you, you kind of had a lower boundary in some areas, and you ended up having someone that you got flirtatious with. Now you put a new boundary up. That doesn't happen anymore. Why? Because you, you saw the weakness. You put it up. Now you're good, right? Maybe, uh, especially young people, when you're young, you typically stay out late, and you end up doing things you regret. And so the older you get, they realize, just go to bed. Half of the battle is just going to bed because you're not going to do something stupid late at night because you're not up late at night. And so my father was right when he told me years ago, nothing good happens after midnight. Man, that was true. That was so true. And so I want to encourage you in the same way. That bedtime boundary really protects you from a lot of pain, from a lot of regret, from a lot of remorse. And so those are just simple boundaries you can put up. And so I want to encourage you to put some protective boundaries in place to keep yourself, your family, and others safe. So you create bigger boundaries. Also, you create a support system to fight alongside you. It says here he appointed military officers and uh, over the people and assembled them before him. And so we need to create support teams. You know what? I want to encourage you to join a life group before you need it, because one day you will. This is one thing I love about our small groups here. We call them life groups because they bring life to you. And uh, the, the number one thing you're going to hear in a life group is laughter. People are having a good time. It's a lot of fun to go be with friends and hang out and you're talking, you're goofing off, but you're also learning from each other, growing from each other, encouraging one another. Uh, typically there's some Bible read. It's not necessarily a giant Bible study. We do get into the word of God. We also have Bible studies, but the life group will have like a lesson or a thought, something from the Bible. And then you jump off of that and apply it to your day, everyday life. And so it's just a, a real strengthening time. Sometimes it's more of a ministry moment. Sometimes it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it, it always involves food for some reason. I don't know why we always do that, but it, we always have food involved. But, but I want to encourage you. It's a great time, but we all need that support. And so this is the power of life groups. It's also the power of serving you. You're serving along other, uh, alongside other people. You become friends with them. It's a great thing as well. So I want to encourage you to get involved, start serving, get into life group, get the support you need before you know you needed it because you will need it eventually. Here's a famous quote. My mother said to me, if you join the army, you'll end up a general. If you become a monk, you'll end up the Pope. Instead, I became a painter and now I'm Pablo Picasso. That great quote. And so he had a supportive mother that believed in him and that helped him believe in himself. Now, obviously, you have to have some natural skills as well, but he developed the skills he had out of the belief that his mother clearly had for him and others. We all need a support system. If there's one thing that COVID exposed is a lack of support systems. Suddenly people feel lonely. People feel uh, depressed and down and isolated. But if you have a good support system, you already have people you could call, you can encourage them, they can encourage you. If you do not have that, welcome to the church. That's one of the greatest strengths of a local church is you can develop friendships here. Please don't just stay for the sermon, stay for the relationships because that is really the game changer. I hope you like the message too, but the truth is we need one another. And so build that support system. It really will make a huge difference in your life. You know, one of the things that happened when they became under attack was they just fortified everything. 
Do you know one of the things that really strengthened America to become the superpower, geopolitical superpower that we are today? World War II. We had to strengthen up. We had no choice. If we wouldn't have strengthened up, we wouldn't be who we are today. But because we had to literally double our output, you realize all the men went off the war, guess all the women did? They went to the workforce. How do you think we got a dual income family? That's where it came from, World War II. So it doubled our output. It strengthened our nation. Our GDP went through the roof. Why? It had to so we could fight for freedom. So I want to encourage you that your fight is not meant to weaken you. It will double your strength. It will increase you. It helps you see the superpowers you didn't know you have. And so when you're going through something, let it strengthen you. It'll fortify you into who you really are. You may be surprised at how much you can actually withstand. You may surprise yourself at what you can actually tolerate and grow through. You got this. You can do this. You know, um, there's this uh, something I just noticed that was not a direct scripture, but it was right there screaming at me as I read the whole text. And this is it. The whole time they were going through this attack, Hezekiah never forgot that he was king. What if Hezekiah would have said, oh, I, I don't know what to do, and just ran to his room and closed the door? What a disaster that would have been. What if he went, went and hid under the bed? They just would have found him under the bed and killed him. That would have been it. What a horrible ending of that story would, would have been. But instead, he recognized, I'm the king and I can act. And I want to tell you something. You're the king of your life. You can act. Oh, well, spiritually, God's the king. Yeah, I know that. But he's the king of kings. But you still are in control. You're the ruler of your own domain. And so under God, you need to take action. Quit sitting back and letting life happen to you. It's time to act. You got a problem? Go deal with it directly. In fact, I want to encourage you, don't let them come to you. You go to them. I highly recommend this. You know one of the reasons why our church in 25 years, we celebrate 25 years as a church this January. You know one of the reasons why our church in 25 years has not had a church split? Think about that. 25 years, no church splits. That would really help grow your church if you quit splitting, by the way. And so I'm really thankful because a lot of churches go through that. One of the things, I'm not patting myself on the back, I just want to tell you one little thing we did early on. We just really believe in Matthew 18 where it says go directly to the person. So if I started to hear some rumblings, at first I kind of heard them and I kind of blow it off and someone's just having a bad day. But if I heard it repeatedly and I heard more people joining in, I would immediately go to them. I would just call them and call them until they answered the phone. They didn't answer the phone. I'd just show up at their door and I've done that multiple times. Hey, I need to talk. And they're like, yeah, I know you've been calling. Yeah, you keep dodging me. I need to talk with you. Are you saying these things about the church, about me, about what we're doing? About where are you at? What's going on? And you know, because of that, we've always nipped stuff in the bud before it ever grew. And so I want to tell you one of the best things you can do, go to them. Don't wait for them to come to you. So it's, it's work for the church. Are you dealing with debt? You're like, oh, creditors keep calling. You know the way the creditors will stop calling you? You call them. Say, hey, I know I owe you some money. Let's figure this out. Here's what I think I can do. Will that work for you? You call them. Instead of waiting for the boss to show up in your door, you know, and fire you or get on you, why don't you go to them? Hey, I just feel like there's some tension between us. And so I just wanted to just come to you. What can I do to do better? Go to them. If you feel some tension in your marriage, go to your spouse. Don't wait for it to blow up and get worse. If you feel like your kids are going in the wrong direction, go to them. Talk to them about it. And so quit waiting passively when you have the power to act. Go to them. You can do something. You're not, you're not done. Utilize your power to act. Go to them. Dan Allender is a well-known entrepreneur. He writes books on entrepreneurship. 
He tells a story that really helped him in life. Right after he graduated high school, he ended up going to this thing called Outward Bound. It was like a hiking expedition where they take young people and just challenge them. And so he had this huge, found himself with a huge backpack on. He's hiking in Scotland and he was exhausted. He was just, he, he just was at a breaking point, couldn't go any further. And he threw off his backpack and just plopped down on the ground. And an Outward Bound guide came up to him. This older man came up to him and looked at him and he said, so is this where you stop? He really thought about this like, no, no, this is not where I stopped. He grabbed his backpack and put it back on and kept going. And he said all throughout his life, whenever he hit a, a, a stopping point in his business, things weren't working. He was frustrated and things weren't going right. He always reminded himself, is this where you stop? No, I'm going to keep going. And I want to challenge you with this question. Maybe you're facing a problem right now. Is this where you stop? Is this all you have in you? You done? You get your pack back on, get up and get walking. You're not done. This is not where you stop. God says in the word that you are more than a conqueror. So you got this. Get up and use the faith that is in you. Exercise your faith and do something different to get a better result. You are not through. Get up. You're not done. This is not where you stop. After all of this happened, what happens next? So they have acted, they have worked, they have fortified, they have put up boundaries, they have strengthened up, they have increased the size of the armor, they have built more weapons, they've done everything they could possibly do. And then they went to God. It says, the king, then the king Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to God in heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Assyrian army with all its commanders and officers. So Sennacherib was forced to return home in disgrace to his own land. And when he entered the temple of his God, some of his own sons killed him there with a sword. Wow, I bet he didn't see that coming. And I bet Hezekiah didn't see that coming either. I got some great news for you. You keep trying to find a solution in the current situation you're in, but God's solutions don't come from your current situation. They come from outside the system. And so that's how God works. You know one of the biggest problems we have in our society today? We keep trying to solve all our problems without God. And, and, that's, and you've noticed it doesn't work. All the programs we start, they don't work. They just don't. I'm not trying to be ugly, but they don't, they don't fix much. Because our problems are not solved inside the system. They're solved from a God who's out of this world, who can come into our life and change everything. And so here's my challenge for you, this last point. God is working in a way you would never expect. You didn't expect this problem to show up. And in the same way, God is going to send you a problem, you won't, a solution that you won't expect either. He will solve your problem from outside the system. God sent his son to this world because he knew everything in the world was corrupt. So God sent his incorruptible son from outside the world to fix our problem. In the same way, you have no idea where the solution is going to come from, but God does. God already has it on the way. Let that sink down. Your problem has an expiration date, but you don't expire near this God. He will come through for you. Trust in the Lord. The problem is on the problem is here, but the solution is on the way. Your God will come through for you. Did you catch that? That means God has a death angel. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get the wrong side of God. He's got a death angel. And this wasn't the first time this happened, by the way. God sent the death angel before. And multiple times in scripture, you see the army, the enemy army turn on each other and start killing each other. Wow. That's unbelievable. God has resources that you know nothing of, which means that you don't need to be worried any longer. You got this because God's got you. He will help you.
He will help you. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and we just take a moment to pray today. Again, the source is from outside. Maybe today you say, Pastor, I can be honest with you. I've been struggling on the inside. I've been, I've been dealing with some things, and I just, I just need to know I'm not done. You're not. Maybe your prayer today is to just say, God, I want to thank you for reminding me that I have the power to act. I can do something with the good mind you've given me. So I will act in faith today. If that's you, just lift your hand high. If you say, I will act in faith today. I'm not going to sit back passively with this problem any longer. I'm going to go to the problem. I'm going to face it directly. I'm going to fix this. Praise God. I believe God will empower your actions. God will empower your plan. God will empower your steps of faith. So step out, act in faith. God will empower you and strengthen you if you will, will do that. This problem is not meant to stop you. It's meant to fortify you. It will strengthen you. It will not stop you. Praise God. You put your hands down. If you've never given your life to Christ, we're going to pray a simple prayer in just a moment. It's called the salvation prayer. The prayer, the power of the prayer is in meaning it, not in the exact words. So right now, if you want Christ in your life, this is how you get him. Across all of our campuses right now, those watching online, pray this prayer with us. You can just say this out loud. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just received Christ as your Lord and your Savior, would you just lift your hand high? No one's looking around. Just lift your hand high. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our different churches right now. Thank you. We see those hands over at Rodfield. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Stone Oak. Hold your hand high. Praise God. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Rockport. Praise God. Hold your hand high. Come on, Padre. Hold your hand high. Come on, Padre Island. If you just gave your life to Christ. Those of you who are online with us, just put it in the text chat right now. Just say, my hand's raised. Just text it to us right now. Or click, hand raised. Praise God. You're not alone. Many people give their lives to Christ here every single weekend. And maybe this is your moment. This is your time. The day of salvation is near, the scripture says. And today is your day. Praise God. We thank God for your decision. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you, God, for moving in us. Lord, thank you, God, that we've learned today through Hezekiah's story that we're not alone. That, Lord, if we'll do all our part and then trust in you, you'll do your part. So, Lord, we thank you for that, God, that you will come through for us. We've got this because you've got us. Thank you for that, God. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.